Welcome to Streams of Income with self-help author Ryan Rieger. For the next hour, you'll hear proven methods for how to live the multiple income streams dream. Ryan is passionate about helping others discover their gifts and start their own business. He's published five books, and his courses and group coaching programs have changed the lives of thousands of students all over the world. Ryan's books include Private Label, The Easy Way, Finding Your Grace Place, and his latest, Streams of Income. And now, here's your host, Ryan Rieger. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we are chatting with my friends and Legends members, Mark and Risa Miller. Now, I love having guests on because every story is different, and some of you listening might resonate with certain stories better than others. And Mark and Risa are a couple that literally started with zero dollars in their investment. Now, they might have been able to scrape some money together, but they chose, they were having hard times, and they actually chose to start their business with selling things around their home. So if you have absolutely no money to invest in a business like this, then this story, their testimony is for you. It will very much encourage you. So they started with $0, sold items from around their home, then graduated to thrift stores and garage sales. And now they have an awesome business and their whole family's involved in it. Mark was able to come home recently. He is a pastor and they have on their heart to be able to teach other pastors how to do exactly what they have done. So especially if you're a pastor, pastor, listen up because this will be very encouraging to you. But I love this uh, interview. I had a blast chatting with Mark and Risa, and I know you will too. Here it is. So guys, Mark and Risa Miller, how long have you guys been a part of Legends? Um, we joined in, well, I joined in 2019. <laughs> He joined this year, so. I inadvertently joined this year. I was friended in, and now it's kind of my introduction. That's right. Well, cool. We're so glad to have you. So good to see you guys in Nashville. And again, thanks for doing this. Really excited to hear your story. And just wanted to just tell us about you guys and how you got started selling. And we'll just have a conversation, see where it goes. Obviously, I also definitely want to get into the ministry stuff. So be thinking about anything you want to share there that's on your heart. Um, But yeah, tell us how you got started selling. Um, we started in 2016, um, and, um, I was home with the kids and Mark was, you know, doing full-time ministry and, um, we were getting ready to move to North of Seattle and, um, you know, I had cut the budget and done extreme couponing and cut the budget some more. And we just realized it's not a budget problem. It's an income problem. And so, Mm we started thinking what, you know, what are creative ways we can bring in more money. And, um, at the same time I was reading, um, the life changing magic of tidying up and con Marie in my, my whole house for the first time. <laughs> and since we'd been married and uh-huh. so I had all this stuff sitting around and I saw, um, an ad about selling on Amazon, one of the blogs that I follow. And so I just started taking like six months and just learning as much as I could going on YouTube and just, um, researching as much as I could. And then once we moved over, um, that's, you know, after the six months we moved over, then I could get started, um, with Uh it. And, um, I remember when we moved over to North of Seattle, um, the, like before we had been able to, um, own a house and Mm -hmm. afford a, a home payment. And then we moved and the cost of living was just, you know, different. And so like, 
the only thing we could afford was low income apartments. Okay. And so that time, I just remember that time being really stressful financially. And mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah, we were able to start selling things from around the house. Uh-huh. We started going to yard sales. So you literally started with zero. I mean, you probably had some money you could have set aside if you wanted to, but you, you started with zero dollars essentially. Yeah, we wow. started with, yeah, really not a lot. Um, just kind of flipping things right from the very start. So you remember uh, the first thing you sold? I, we re- I remember we were talking about this. Do you want to share about the yard sale? Yeah, I mean, when you don't have a lot, you got to go to places where you can get a lot for a little. And so, yeah, Goodwills, yard sales, estate sales, uh-huh. all that stuff, um, which again, coming in brand new, uh, she knew a little more than I did, but that was the kind of stuff that really interested me. I didn't know much. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we were doing yard sales and we came across um, a guy who, I forget his story, but I think he was, he, he was like a photographer or some, he did some sort of testing or, or taking pictures of different uh, things like shoes and mm-hmm. Uh, sports equipment, yeah, sports and, equipment and right. water bottles, that Tumblers. kind of stuff. Yeah, things we had no idea at the time were actually really good things to sell. So we're we're just out there scanning stuff. Okay. I didn't know that I was gated in shoes or anything right. about variations, but <laughs> but he ended up giving us an incredible deal uh, on a ton of stuff. I mean, it was we didn't spend a lot, but I mean, we we just started doing the math in your head and thinking, holy cow! If like this, this was his yard stuff, sale. Yeah, it was just, it was brand new stuff in box. Whoa. Just, just his garage was full. And uh, so, yeah, he we we left with a lot of his stuff. He was happy to get rid of it. And uh, we should have taken down his name and number. Yeah. <laughs> and went back. Yeah. Come back again. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I know you, um, you were struggling a little bit financially. Could you have, did you, starting with zero dollars, was that literally because you needed to? Or like you didn't want to invest any money into it? at the beginning or you didn't have the money to invest the extra money. Right. We didn't have a lot of extra. We were wow. already really strapped, but um, honestly, we didn't know the potential. I was just happy to yeah. have any kind of income. And I remember um, the first month I sold a thousand dollars in sales. And I like, oh my gosh. I was so excited about that. You yeah. know, and I mean, we ended the first year, like, in th- you know, the three months at $6,000. And I, I, we just realized like, Hey, maybe they're, you know, like I was just thinking if it was just a couple hundred bucks or something like mm-hmm. that, but, um, I was really yeah, excited. So you had no idea what the potential was. Did you have any type of, I mean, at that point you probably weren't even necessarily setting any goals maybe, but did you have anything in mind to like, wow, it'd be great if we could make an extra $200 a month or was it literally just, we're just going to see if this works at all and then set goals. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, figure it out. And I think really it, it was real tangible things like yeah. being able to, to buy, I go to the grocery store and get like good stuff, not uh-huh. just get the stuff on sale. Uh, and so like that around that time is when we started to kind of change how we ate and just saying, if we just have a little bit of margin, we could start to do some of these things that we, we felt like were steps we wanted to take. And so we thought if we could just get there, like yeah. that was really our, our target. If we could just get that little bit of breathing room, uh-huh. that would be huge. Yeah. It was actually the first thing that I, when I started taking money out of the business was it was to increase our grocery budget. Cause okay. we have a family of four, you know, on a grocery budget of $200 a month. And Whoa. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. You learned how to really do, you learned how to coupon. We were, oh. we were good at just getting the, you know, cheapest thing and shopping the sales and everything. And so wow. just having that little bit of margin in our grocery budget made a huge, 
huge difference. So that was Man. the first that we. So you started with zero dollars. I know I'm sure you like you could have scraped somebody money to that if you wanted to, but the reason I'm harping on this is because this is so encouraging for people. Some people think that you know you got to start off with 10 grand, five thousand dollars. You have to have a lot of money to get started with this, but you guys are living proof that you literally can start with no money whatsoever, whether you needed to or you just wanted to do it that way. It's possible to literally start with no money and just sell things around your house and then find things cheap at garage sales and thrift stores. Man. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so, so you started, you did six grand in the first three months. Yeah. Wow. In the Q4, I remember um, joining a, like a Q4 group uh-huh. and it was the first time that, um, like th- that I learned how to go into a store and to a retail store and, um, like find products. And it, it took me a long time to feel comfortable and be able to do that. But yeah. Uh, and so when you were at the garage sale, you were you scanning, just using the, and just looking at like bestseller rank probably at that time and seeing what's selling. Yeah. Um, I, I started out with inventory lab, so I had Scoutify okay. and, and all of that. Um, but wow. yeah, just barcodes, whatever we could scan, we would sell. That's we awesome. found some crazy things. It's fun to th- look back and um, think about all the things we used to sell. What's some of the crazy things you sold that you remember? Um, I remember, Mark, you found all of these little tracker. Um, Do we still have one on keys somewhere? <laughs> At Goodwill, in last case, you know, where they keep all the really fancy stuff. These <laughs> brand new little Bluetooth trackers. Okay. They were green tag. And we were there like on a Friday or a Saturday. And mm-hmm. on Monday, green tags were going to go to like 90% off or something like that. So these things were $15. They're going to go down to like 99 cents. I forget what it was. Something really Oh my cheap. goodness. So I went and I'd, I could scan through the, the glass and I could see, okay, this, this actually, we could make some money. And so I got really excited. So Monday I went back, I was waiting, you know, at the front of the line, just, just, just chomping at the bit to get in this goodwill. Yeah. And I ended up buying, I think 12, 15 of them. We bought quite a few of them. Wow. We were able to sell those. One store had that many? Yeah, I didn't take, well, I tried to take them all. There was people in line behind him. And so he made me leave some for them. (laughs) (laughs) They were waiting for them. Do you have any idea? Do you remember, have any idea of how much you made on that one? I don't remember. It's been four years ago now. (laughs) So it's been a while. We were selling for probably 20 bucks. Oh my goodness. 99 cents. So I think we made a couple hundred dollars or something on them. I don't know. But it was... It was one of those early aha, uh, like wow, this there is some there is some potential, you know, yeah. a treasure to be unearthed. How uh, how do you remember how early was that moment where you're like, wow, this could actually work, and you you to learn to actually see the potential? Like, do you remember? Was it after? Was it during that that Q four season, or was it back later into 2017? Um, I think from the beginning we did. I mean, we've always like had that um, mindset of like, oh, we you know like there's so many different ways of doing, you know, Amazon and different Uh courses and different, you know, business models and, um, always just, you know, having that mindset of like, wow, this, there's something to this, you know? So, yeah. Was there a point where it's you started, um, or was it even early on that you started believing in yourself? Like we can actually make this work. Cause a lot of people look at other people like you and they think, well, it's Mark and Risa. They've been doing this for a while. Like, of course it works for them, but I want to help people get over that, that yes, it can work for you too. The folks that are listening to you guys right now, especially the people that you guys want to help. And I I want to get into that here in a minute too. Just those folks that are like just getting started, um, you know, how do, how do they 
what would you tell them as far as how to believe in themselves to, to, um, to see the potential of this? Like, do you remember that moment for you or just around that time or anything, what you guys were thinking, or was it a certain product or somebody you watched that like, wow, if it works for that guy, surely I can do it too, you know, or something, anything that, that comes to mind? I mean, I think from, I was probably more skeptical just, uh -huh. just naturally um, because she was the one who put in a lot of the time. So I think I'm a great study case on that. Okay. I hadn't put in the time. Yeah. Uh, it probably was a couple years mm -hmm. of like seeing, seeing it, um, but still yeah. thinking, okay, is this just a fat, sure, right? Okay. Is this just a thing that, that is going to be here, but then it's going to shift to something else. Mm -hmm. I think the further we get into this and the more people we've gotten to know, like this is here to stay. Yeah. Uh, there is, there's is so much opportunity, uh, and there are so many lanes that you can hop in that. I mean, this, that there's an, we have an abundance mindset with it. Like we just yes, believe yes. There, there is more than enough opportunity. And so I think, yeah, for me, it was a couple of years. I'm just mm -hmm. sort of watching on the sidelines to some degree, uh, and, and hearing from, from Risa and different people that, that she was connecting us with yeah, that yeah. finally sort of turned that corner for me, but it took me a while. Yeah. Did it, go ahead. Yeah. No, please. Yeah. When, we started seeing the money coming in and it like actually affecting our, our personal finances and, mm -hmm. and you know, that helped with gaining credibility from Mark because yes. see, Hey, this here it is. You're not yeah, eating your ramen noodles tonight, buddy. Here's a ribeye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when did you start? You said you started taking money out of the uh, business. do you know, remember approximately when you started doing that to be able to, to for your food budget? Um, I would say within the, a year or first year or so, I don't okay. know. So almost like, so maybe almost like several months, like many, many months you were putting it all back into the business. Yeah. That's awesome. And I wanted to make sure, you know, to, to pay ourselves and make sure to, you know, take out some so that, you know, we could really, cause we needed it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that a conversation that you guys had like, oh, hey, this month, it looks like we can take a little bit out or do you just do it and kind of, and then he just saw it on the dinner table. Like, wow, this is a lot more tonight than we usually get. Yeah. I'm it, always asking like that. That probably drives her nuts. Uh -huh. I, I'm a forward thinker. Uh -huh. So I'm always, you know, trying to project where we're at and where we're going. And if we yeah. do this, can we do that? And I, I make it very simplistic and it, sometimes it's just not that simplistic, I guess. Uh, yeah. It is in my head, but I love, yeah. I love numbers. I love goal planning. I love all of that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have it all in my head. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, me either. Yeah. Cause what advice would you give for somebody that's working with a spouse? that's like that, who the spouse doesn't do anything, have anything to do with the business. And they're like, Hey, show me the money. Because as you know, as an Amazon seller, you start out, it, it may be a few months before you see anything because Amazon will take out the $40 every time. And you're like, and maybe for a month or two, you're still in the hole and they see you doing all this work and it's not working. And there might be some pressure from that spouse. That's not doing this business to like, you know, Hey, this is not working. What are you doing? Um, what do you tell those folks that are like, just say, Hey, hang in there. <laughs> yeah. I would just say, keep going. I mean, the, I think the thing that helped us be so successful is just never stopping sending in a shipment. I mean, we've done at least one shipment almost every single week, you know, mm. so, you know, um, I don't know for as long as I can remember and just being can, staying consistent and going and, and giving, you know, your spouse grace because, yep. um, you know, it took, took some time, but I know like Mark, he, he's, you know, now working in the business, you know, mm -hmm. um, with me and, yeah. um, but that didn't, that didn't happen right away. So, um, 
And I think setting healthy expectations, like our, our story is not like this wild growth. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's been consistent yeah, uh, yeah. and it's, it's steady, slow it's steady mm-hmm. but it's not like it's, it's not, you snap your fingers, you know, it's hard work and it's, it's stuff you have to do and, and you build and you build and you build. So yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it takes momentum, you know, it just, does just work that. And were you pretty supportive throughout the whole process? Like you said, it took you a couple of years to see the light where, during that time. Were you honored? Like, Hey, where's the money? Show me the money. Or were you like, yeah, you can do this. Go for it. Uh, I'll let her answer. I don't, <laughs> I want to assume for her. I think I was, but yeah, it was more just it's something I did. So okay. I'm, yeah, I, I don't think that you were ever like, I'm pretty crazy that it. way. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty out of the box anyway. So, I mean, she, she was pouring a lot into it. Um, yeah. yeah, he might have been skeptical skeptical about how much time I was putting into sure. it. Times, but yeah, you know, some Mark that we never we don't we are always usually talking to the races of the world in this in this business, and so the people that are doing the business. Why don't you talk to a second to that that spouse who's not doing this business? Because we don't usually address them very much because they're they're probably the person that's not let like binge will listen into my podcast. They're not the ones in legends. They're they're the ones that are kind of you know kind of on the, on the side, doing another job like you were, what advice would you give that person in how to relate to their spouse? The one that is the entrepreneur. I think just, I think for me, it was just finding ways to, to do things with her. Uh, there's a lot of the business I can't still do uh, because I just would be really terrible at it. But there are things like with our family, yeah. uh, we would take Fridays and do shopping together. Um, and so I just think it was encouraging her to say, how can I, how can I bless you? How can I help you? Um, and, and just, yeah, I, again, just, just trusting, I know she, she knows her stuff. And so just trusting her, if this is something she feels is, is worth investing in, uh, there are different times where we did invest some money where we'd have tax returns or whatnot. And and I'd ask, you know, do we need to invest in the business? And, and so just, I guess, just kind of coming alongside, however, and not, not trying to, you know, tell her what or what what is and what isn't going to work, but just, just being available. Um, awesome. just, yeah, just, I, it allowed me to sort of get a taste of what was going on. Just even doing the shopping with her, yeah. uh, doing the, you know, the, the RA. And the uh, did you, were you doing that to help her out or just because you wanted to hang out with her and that was your, your time to, to be together? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yes. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually enjoyed learning about the business and. I think the, the intrigue of, of finding the next thing, you know, like I think yes. that's what more drives me is yeah. unearthing the next gem. And so like, even this last Christmas we found, you know, you find those toys uh-huh. right at Christmas time that are just gangbusters. And so I'm, I'm hitting every, you know, store within the, the 10, 15 mile radius, you know, any <laughs> chance you get just looking for stuff. And so I think that can hook you just yeah. that excitement of like, you just don't know what you're going to find. And yeah. I know not, that's not always sustainable, but it's a lot of fun in yeah. things like that. And I think those types of things were things where I, it was enough to kind of get me interested in what was going mm-hmm. on, allow me to, to get a taste of the business. Yeah. How long were you guys doing the thrift store garage sale thing before you moved over into the like regular RA? Um, well, we continued to do thrifting and yard selling, you okay. know, um, I know we did the next summer mm-hmm. Okay. that we did the third summer. Um, uh-huh. But I mean, I, I was trying to do RA pretty early, but it just took a long time, you know, to understand mm-hmm. and learn how to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your business look like now, as far as the, the method of inventory that you're doing mostly? Um, we are doing um, 
almost 100% replens at this point. I mean, I can count on, you know, the, on my hand how many times I've had to do RA this year and gone out and just like, I need oh. my inventory tomorrow for my prep person. So I'm going to go get some inventory. But for the most part, we're, we're doing replens. We, um, online mark- arbitrage replens. We don't do, um, we haven't been doing online arbitrage so much. Um, but Mark will do the shopping for any local replants. So he'll go into the stores locally and pick that up um, every week. And then we um, order from distributors and wholesalers. Okay. So that's. Um, wow. Okay. How many, any idea of off the top of your head, how many replants you have now? Um, I just guess. I don't know, like <laughs> 300. Wow. Three hundred so, items that you have to just just and you just go send him with a shopping list and he goes and gets them. Yeah, or reordering them online um, you know, to directly to the wholesaler distributor. So I think the yeah. distributor was really a game changer for us. Um, just finding a local distributor and I mean, they have hundreds of brands and you know products and. So you can really uh, just dive deep into one. Yeah. Okay. Walk us through that. So, I mean, you don't have to give away your sources. I don't want to ask that anything like that, but let's say that I'm buying something from, um, tell me how I would do that. If, um, if I have some replans, I don't have 300, I have 52 and I want to, and I'm tired of going to the store all the time and I have to go to this store to find three. And then I have to go to this store to find, I need 20 a week, but I can't ever find them. And so I really need to go that distributor slash wholesaler route. How did you find them? What what kind of research should people be looking for? How do they even go about trying to make that happen? Yeah, just um, we just went on Google and typed, um, I mean, whatever category you're looking for. We do a lot of grocery. So grocery okay. distributor, Seattle, um, oh. and see what ones are there and reach out to them. And um, Were you looking for specific certain replen when you contacted them? Like, hey, we're already selling these 10 things or were you just looking? Okay. You're just looking to, I mean, sometimes, but yeah, just looking for distributors in the area. And, um, then we'll, once we get the catalog, we send it to a VA that goes through and finds leads for us. And then, uh, and Mark has been finding the wholesalers. So, um, go and he, he, I think recently they were talking about smart scout. Um, so he used that to help find, um, different brands or, um, or whatnot. And, reaches out to the wholesaler, sets up the account, and then wow. sends it to me, I'll send it to the VA, um, and then I'll go through the leads that they send me in order. And then once- Okay. So when you get the account marker, you're probably, at that point, you don't know if there's anything in their catalog yet that's going to work. Is that right? Uh, it depends on the route I'm looking for them. If it's if it's a product that, I, again, I see on Smart Scout, I see a brand that I like, mm-hmm. um, then, then I'm doing some reverse, like, okay, where can I find that particular brand? And that sort of takes you kind of a reverse rabbit hole to mm-hmm. find where did, where can I find that? But yeah, okay. other times it's like, like one of our main distributors is just a local, they work mainly with local stuff. And that's kind of one of our, our things we love to do is highlight local brands. So mm-hmm. uh, this is a no brainer. And so I reached out and we were able to set up an account and then I ended up meeting them at a trade show in the area too. Wow. So. What's uh, that contact right. first contact like? Are you doing that over email or calling them? Yeah, over email. Some uh, of them have online forms you mm-hmm. can fill out. But. Okay. And, and what really are you what are you putting in that e- that first email contact? Uh, just my name, our business, kind of a uh-huh. just elevator pitch what we do, uh, mm-hmm. and then just say what what do we need in order to to set up an account with you. I mean, it's it's yeah. pretty vanilla. It's pretty straightforward. Say the Amazon word at all in that first email. Uh, I say online. Uh huh. 
we're, we're selling on more than Amazon. So okay. thinking about with ordering from a distributor or wholesaler, you can get it in more quantities. So yep. you know, we're trying to just sell to more places. So right now we're focusing on Amazon FBA and we're also doing Merchant Fulfilled and Walmart and nice. eBay. And then, you know, once we kind of get those set up, we can go um, sell it on more. And so rather than trying to find more and more and more product, use the product we have to sell across more marketplaces. So Wow. Okay. So most of the time, what we're talking about when we do these webinars, we talk, we've done ones called replens to wholesale or how to turn your replens into wholesale accounts. That's taking a product that you already know is selling. You're already selling this. You're going to X store and finding it, but you want more of them. You can't always find them. That store may not let you order them. So then you're going to the distributor or wholesaler and doing it, but you're actually going directly to the wholesaler distributor. You may not know if they're, they have products that are going to work for you. You're just going ahead and in some of these instances, you're setting up accounts, getting the catalog, and then having a VA scour through and find the golden nuggets out of there. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we've done it that the other way too. But. Sure. Wow. I love that you're going with local distributors. I've never, I mean, I, I know I've talked to people that do that. I, like Jeremy James has a local grocery distributor he works with. So you literally just like grocery distributor, Seattle, grocery distributor, Dallas. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Drive there and I pick up. I mean, at this point, I pick up. We may yeah. reach where I can't, but at this point, I go, I go myself and I pick up an order once a week, once every other week. Yeah. Uh, and if you're within their um, their normal route, they'll deliver, you know, to you. So that's cool. Was it hard to get an account with them? No. Are they are they such that they don't care who you are? They just want to make. They just want you to buy from them, and it doesn't matter where you sell it. No, they're. I mean, they're. The nice thing, at least about this, and one of the ones in particular that we're working with, she, our, our rep, kind of knows the brands well enough to say, hey, this one can't be on Amazon or this, you know, like she gives okay. you, or she'll say, man, I really want, I think this one needs to be there. This is a great product. So like it's, they're giving you insight, but also giving you a heads up on yeah. fear of. Yeah. Okay. So the let's talk about the difference real quick, because probably people are confused, distributor versus wholesaler. So in my mind, a wholesaler is like, if I'm a wholesale company, I'm going to a factory in China or going straight to the manufacturer, wherever that is, and putting my, you know, Rieger brand on this, this grocery item. And that's my product. I'm the whole, you could buy from me and I'll, I'll sell to you, but I'm the wholesale company. Whereas distributor might have the Rieger brand, the Miller brand, the, the Jana brand, I see Vivian on here and all these different brands that they're representing and it's probably all grocery, um, but is that correct? Essentially, like they have a bunch of different brands under there. They may have their own brand too, but most likely they're just representing a bunch of brands. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I remember going to ASD and they were like that. There was one company, it was a tool company. And they would tell you when you go there, like all these, all these things over here, totally sell them on Amazon. Doesn't matter. This stuff over here, no, you can't do it. That's a different brand. We don't have a control of that. We just represent them and we know that they won't let you do that. Oh, brilliant. Wow. I love that. Love that. I bet that's changed your business because now you're not, it's just more about, you can get, you go to one place and get a whole bunch of, any idea how many replens you can get from that one, your main distributor? I mean, hundreds, I mean, thousands. They have so many wow. products, you know, like, um, so yeah, products and then variations that you can run. Have you, off. Has your VA gone through their whole catalog yet? Yeah. Okay. And then I'm going back through and you know doing a little bit deeper dive and finding. Yeah. Are you creating any listings off of that stuff, or are you just buying, getting stuff that's already there on Amazon? I have, yeah, 
created uh-huh. my own listings and bundles. Yeah. And hey, she can come say hi. Say hi, Joy. <laughs> hey, but talking about your kids, are your kids helping the business at all with any prep and ship stuff? They do like to, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, they like to do prep and, uh-huh. and everything. Uh, unfortunately, we have a prep person that comes and does all of that. So when when we don't have someone to help, then we have more mm-hmm. for them to do. So, um, but yeah, they like love to put on stickers and, and you yeah. know, bags. and Or even go shopping. Don't yeah. they love to shop? Look uh, at the expiration dates, whatever. That's cool. Well, guys, this is gold because I know there are people here that are just working their tails off doing the RA model. They want to get to 300 replans, 500 and above, but they're like, wow. I mean, that's just going to be a huge gargantuan task to drive to all these stores. Whereas with your method, you got a couple of distributors and you can get them all right there in one fell swoop. Yeah. Incredible. How long did it take you to start doing that? Um, we started this year, so okay. It isn't. Wow. And before that, you were just running around store to store and picking up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that we decided that was something maybe I could help out with no. uh, reaching out and building because I've got sales experience. I've got, you know, as a pastor, I've got the more relational, you know, talking to people is more stuff I, I do. I don't, uh-huh. I don't like to I wasn't gonna send email, <laughs> pick up the phone. <laughs> I just don't have motivation. Yeah. So I, I didn't do it. I mean, sure. I tried to. Yeah. I would just drop the ball because I didn't feel like it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So when he came into the business that allowed you to expand that way, cause that was his skill set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Wow. Well, let's jump into that. So you, um, Mark, you sent me an email about, and you used the word co-vocational pastor. So tell me about your transition into the business, what that looked like, what co-vocational means. And then I definitely also want to chat about, you know, your heart for getting pastors to do this that want to make extra money. And then if you want to talk about the home church stuff, we can too. Um, but yeah, just you tell me about your, your transition into the business. You just keep me on track. Uh, yeah, I think the last couple of years, uh, we really felt sort of a shift. Uh, so I, I have sales experience. So there was a year between kind of full-time ministry positions where I sold mattresses and that was not by choice. Mm-hmm. Not a necessity, um, and that's always that would hire me. But it was it was such an like an amazing year of I learned so much, but also I felt like I did more ministry yeah. not in the church than I did. Than mm-hmm. Was that before um, you guys started selling on Amazon the yeah. mattress? Okay, that, that was right before. And so okay. I went back from that into full time ministry, and then she started the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just kind of never left that desire to want to be around people and mm-hmm. kind of be where the action is, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So the last couple of years, I just, I would call it like a holy discontent of not that I, I don't love the church. I do, but I just felt like I, my role was shifting into where God was calling me to be a missionary yeah. uh, kind of marketplace to see a job as, as a mission uh, to reach people, not just a paycheck and, and ministry is not what I, it's not a title for me. It's what God's called me to. I'm a pastor. No yes. And so that was stuff that was starting to happen in me the last couple of years. And then COVID just kind of accelerated a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I know COVID has been, it's been a mixed bag for a lot of people uh, as sure. far as you know, how, how that's hit them. Uh, but for us, it really provided an opportunity to dream. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I, I, I really started to jump into doing more with the business was during COVID because uh, I could work from home. And so nobody knew. Uh, I mean, I, I did all my work for my, my church job, but sure. I was able to start doing all of all of the shopping for the business. Yeah. And then we had a family day instead of a, a, a Friday of shopping. It became a, a family Friday. 
And so it just, it just brought some new opportunities to our family, but also it gave me an outlet and I just, you know, like it just got those wheels turning. And I, I looked at different things uh, to do as a job because really, so the idea of co-vocational, I'll, I'll stop there and talk about that. Yeah. For years, we've talked about the term bivocational. So pastors that, that have a call to ministry, have a call to a church, but they just can't afford, you know, the church can't afford them full time, mm-hmm. which is more of a reality, especially like our story living in the city, that's just hard to do. So they have to work another job in order to support ministry. And it's, it's sort of this bivocation. It's bifurcating these two aspects of your life. You have your ministry and you have a, a job that helps to support your ministry. And habit. they don't really intersect anything, right? You feel like this is, this is my pastor time and this is my job time. And might, might even go to the, even go as far as to say, you know, this is over here is holy and I'm doing what God's called me to do. And over here, it's just, I have to do this. I hate this. This is it's maybe even... It's a grind. Yeah, necessary evil. Yeah. It's it's what I do and tell. You know, it's a it's a it's a temporary thing. Usually when you talk to people that are in that spot, it's well, I'm just doing this until it's mm. just not viewed as a, a purposeful thing. It's viewed as just a necessary thing. Yeah. Uh, but th- that term has started to come about where what if we were to view all of our lives as ministry? And what if a job not only became a, a way of providing for your family, but also freedom in how you do pastoring, how you do ministry. And what if that job actually fit in such a way that when you did it, it added to your ministry. It was yeah. a part of how you view ministry. Mm-hmm. And so that's the idea of co-vocational. Kobo means with. And so like your whole life is, is part of this. There's no divide as you're saying, right? Between sacred and secular. It's all, mm-hmm. it's all work for, for Jesus. It's all his. Yep. yep. And so that was things I was wrestling with. And so I thought, okay, how do I, what do I do? Cause we thought we need, we just want to do church different, you know, being home with COVID and just seeing home as the new hub what does that look like to do church that way? And so wrestling with that and thinking, how do I get a job that helps support that? Yeah. I looked at a bunch of different stuff. I, I looked at project management. I had a buddy doing that with Amazon. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I think pastors could do this. You should do this. And I had another guy that I had met working in the mornings. I'd go work out of Starbucks as my office mm-hmm. and I got to know him. He's a financial advisor. He said, Hey, I'll train you if you want to do this. And I'll give you my book yeah. retire in a few years. So I'm okay. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. And just kind of in wrestling with different routes of how could I provide, you know, this ministry slash pay, but also give us this opportunity to do what God's called us to do. Yeah. Uh, Jesus got, you know, I just got hit over the head with a brick. I don't know if it was her or if it was a Jesus, but uh, like, hey, dummy, you, your family, there's this business you have. Yeah. Why don't you just invest in that? Mm-hmm. And then, oh. yeah, what was, okay. Tell me about that moment. Was it um, just a, a sense um, did you hear like in, in your spirit hear hear like, you know, words or did you just like, uh, how, how did, how would that brick, what did that brick look like? Yeah. It was a conversation we were having. So we did a lot of drives over COVID, you know, cause there was nothing else to do. And I remember just, you know, having a conversation about where we're going and, you know, and everything and, and having, talking about all these different ideas, you know, that you had. And I, and I'm like, we have this business you know, why, why wouldn't you just join in, you know, mm-hmm. like why divide it more? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe what, what mm-hmm. started the um, yeah. art change. Maybe I mean, obviously it's the Holy spirit, you know, doing that, but yeah. that, that conversation I think started it because yes. um, yeah, I don't know. The guys listen to your wives. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Longer if you do. Uh, yes, absolutely. So that, yeah, I think that was just over conversations we had. Um, just, just about that. And I think for me, part of the hesitation was it's not quite knowing what would it look like for me to, cause 
a lot of what I saw her doing was a lot on the computer, a lot of numbers, a lot of that kind of stuff. And Little I just, details and, and I just know and, that's not me. Like you're that, a people it, person. Yeah, so being stuck behind a computer doesn't excite yeah. you. Yeah. Details, you know, the, the minutia trying to catch those things was just not going to work. Yep. And so yeah, we had to find, we had to find a way that it would work and things that I would be passionate about. And, and that's what we're starting to do. Mm. Um, is kind of find, you know, how, how do I fit in it? You know, yeah. how, what did that look like early on? Obviously going out and picking up the, the items and that got you the opportunity to talk to people, talk to the managers, talk to the people that were checking out that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Just, just being, just being around people, yeah. just talking to people, uh, helping, you know, when you're in these stores a lot, people think you work there. Yeah. And so they ask you where stuff is because you look like someone who's confident or maybe just have one of those faces. I don't know. Uh, people ask you to get stuff off the top shelves. And so you're, you're just getting to know people. Uh, you're getting yeah. to know different employees, different, you know, to check out different checkers uh-huh. or whatnot. I mean, you just, it's just, you're being in the community. You're just around people mm-hmm. you're just available for whatever God wants to do. And that's really yeah. the heart of what we're doing is I don't want to be stuck in a building, not that a building is, is wrong or that, that mm-hmm. environment is, is something that I shouldn't, you know, people shouldn't care about, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to be in, in the action. I wanted to be yeah. uh, where, where people are hanging out and doing life. Have with- you had any really cool conversations with people beyond just, you know, Hey, what are you doing here? Why I see you all the time. You know, anything that. Uh, I, it's been, it's been difficult with COVID because people are a little more standoffish at this point. Right. Um, sure. But no, I think but even maybe um, like store owners or uh-huh. managers. Yeah, like even good conversation. Even a, our distributor rep. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked to her for probably forty-five minutes one time when I went saw her at the trade show. So yeah, things like that. You know that I don't know. I don't know what Jesus is going to do with all of that, but I know it's an it's an open door. It's an opportunity. Yeah. I love that you're building that relationship, and it's not like you're going in there. Hey, lady, do you know Jesus? You know you. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can, if you feel led to do that, but you're just being a normal person, normal conversation, and you're building that trust with them. And so, yeah, it, the Holy Spirit may give you a word to say at some point, and they're going to take it from you because now they know, like, and trust you. So it's just different than you're not a stranger anymore. I love that. Yeah. Wow. And I think part of it too, uh, at least with the shopping is it allows me to be on the phone. So, that, I mean, this is a little seems kind of anti what we're talking about, but I'm, I'm getting to, to talk to people on the phone yeah. uh, connect with people. Uh, and so like my that multitasking. Yeah. Apparently. So I can talk to my dad do that. <laughs> for hours sometimes when I'm shopping and my dad, like we, we've been close, but yeah. uh, he just retired this a couple okay. of years ago. So he now has time. And so we talk a lot. Yeah. Been able to invest in that relationship. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, just, it provides opportunities to, and it's a change of pace. I think that's a big thing for me is, the business is a change of pace from ministry. And so it gives my brain a break. It gives me, yes. an outlet. Um, but that also outlet allows me to be with my family and it allows me mm-hmm. to, to help us, you know, earn a living and to be generous and all the things that God has called us to do. That's so cool. Yeah. This I mean, year, but, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Just this year, like having him join in, it's been huge because it's not like me going off and doing my own thing. It's like mm-hmm. us being able to do it together. And yeah, um, have more time together and yeah that's been really great and i bet your business has grown too because of it yeah mm-hmm. i love it tell me about your heart what you in the message one of the messages i don't know if it was you or risa or, uh, but we're talking about the how you want to help pastors that want to earn extra money essentially what's some of your things on your heart there obviously you could plug them into an amazon business like this but 
what are, what's what do you feel God calling you there? Um, well, before we can answer that, like this year, we were able to step more into that. Um, and so do you, do you want to share about that? Yeah. I mean, this, this is stuff we, like I said, we've been feeling a lot of this for a couple of years and mm-hmm. I think we reached a point. I, I love talking about stuff. Um, but I think God just said, Mark, you got to stop talking. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's always a fun reprimand or encouragement, <laughs> I should say. From right. um, yeah. But that's what we felt. And so just through some crazy miraculous things, God has led us to where we are now, where we're leading a church, uh, a church mm-hmm. that is home churches. And so okay. like, this is something we've talked about wanting to, to make available, but we felt part of that is we have to do the thing, right? Mm-hmm. You got to do the thing in order to help others with that. Mm-hmm. But I think we just see, we see Amazon, we see the, the model that we're doing amongst other things, but we see it as a way, as a, as a, a route that people can take to have that freedom to do whatever Jesus has called them to do. Yes. And, and the reality is I was talking with a, a guy who does church planning all over the West coast today. And, and he and I were just, you know, joking about how in the city, uh, like it's, it's really a graveyard of church plants uh, primarily mm-hmm. because you get a certain amount of time usually to plan a church. Mm-hmm. two to three years. And that's, you get help from a, from a denomination or a planting organization. And then mm-hmm. it, that's it. You got to be self-sustaining. And for a lot of them, they don't make it because what if it takes four years or five wow. years to reach mm-hmm. that? Uh, they just never get off the ground. And so if yeah. the finances is, is the number one killer of church plants and the number one killer of church plant marriages. Is it because the, Oh wow. The marriage is too. Wow. So it's the, the pastor, is trying to make this their full-time thing, trying to earn an income off the church and therefore it's not working. Yeah. They're trying to, they're trying to get it from ground zero to sustainable in like 36 yeah. months or months. Is there a certain number of people that um, like, is the, I mean, obviously it depends on, are they all tithing or not, but is there a certain magic number? Like if you get to this number, it's probably going to be able to support you. I mean, depending on obviously Seattle is going to be different than yeah. it, middle, yeah, it's, middle, it's so middle Kansas or something. It's so contextual, even to, yeah, to the church, what what they're wanting to do, um, yeah. kind of, are they are they big? If they, they're launching big is a term you hear, like, you know, mm-hmm. the lights, the show, the whole thing, that's going to need more money to be sustainable than, sure. you know, something small yeah. stuck out in a gym somewhere. And so I think, I think just seeing the struggles with that and saying there's got to be a better way to do this, mm-hmm. and that mixed with, you know, this idea of, of being a missionary and, and seeing, I think there's nothing nothing more intentional about, you know, if, if you feel called somewhere mm-hmm. to like go and be there, you know, be amongst the people that you're called to reach. And I think what better way to do that than to work, right. To, to be mm-hmm. in a job, to be amongst the people that you're trying to reach. Yes. It's, it's just a great missions forward thinking way of doing life. And so, mm-hmm. so that just that stuff together, just kind of got us thinking that, man, I think there is something here. Uh, I think co-vocational is, is the, the way forward. I think for, for lots of people specifically, I see in the urban and then in the rural, like these two ends of the spectrum, I see this as, as the future for many people that feel called to a place, but it's hard because how do I earn a living there? How, mm-hmm. do, how will a church, you know, afford to have us or, you know, and again, if you have like that scarcity mindset of, is there going to be enough for a church? You're not going to dream, right? Have, have any sort of forward thinking on what God may call you to. Yeah. How do we sort of unchain those things uh, where you could dream? And if God calls you to something different, or, or let's say you have a job that you love, or you, you know, a business that you love, but you also know that part of how you're wired, you just know God's called you to pastor or to be in ministry. You can do both. Yep. Say so that you don't have to choose. All of it's on the table. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just unlocks so many, so many new ways of thinking about the church, so many new ways of thinking about vocation. 
Uh, and, and so that's, that's stuff we're really passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I could talk about that for hours. I love it. I probably, I could too with you. What is that? Any, any, and you might not know yet, any idea what that practically looks like as far as getting pastors to learn about this? Is it, you think you have your own like legends pastors group? Uh, it's kind of like that. You're going to go out and do coaching, have courses. What do you, what's some of the things you've thought about? You tell us, Ryan. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, literally you could, I mean, we already have all the infrastructure. You could just plug people in. I mean, it could be as simple as, and we can, we'll have a conversation obviously outside of this, but you know, um, but a quick brainstorm, it could be like, literally like, Hey, we we're a part of this group. We've taken this course. You should go do it. And we'd be happy to help guide you through. And you guys get an affiliate commission every single time somebody buys a proven Amazon course or signs up for legends, or it could be like, literally like you guys have your own legends like group just for pastors and ministry people and just kind of, you know, steal some of the stuff that we do in legends and gear it towards pastors. So it really kind of depends. And you could do both. You could have people that you're leading one-on-one that need that extra handholding or some people might be just go-getters and you say, here, you don't need us. Just go into this group here, go into my silent team, learn the stuff. We're here to help you if you need it. I know. I think about, you know, when I started, like what was the most helpful and, Mm-hmm. having the resources and um, yeah, the training that you need and then joining or having a community and, yep. and around other people. That was huge. Yeah. One of the biggest things. So yeah, um, it's just giving people permission. That's really, yes. I think that's our heart is yeah. give people permission to dream. And I love it. Whatever God's called you to is possible. Um, yeah. There's ways to do it. Yeah. You don't have to think full time, I've got to be in this one thing, like right. Multiple streams, right. That's, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And like, we think that is so like, that's such a wise way. Uh, even, even for us as a family, but even thinking like for organizations, for churches, like why not have that kind of thinking? Yeah. Um, so what, yeah, just, just giving people permission, I think to, mm. to, and so like, we're, we're taking this to our, our current denomination mm-hmm. and looking to roll things out there. But I mean, we're, we're just like, we, we're open. We just really want to help people. That's, that's yeah, what it comes down to. We yeah. want, we want the kingdom to grow. We're just, we're excited about where we are now stepping into this new position. And, mm-hmm. you know, when Mark came in and he said, I want to be part-time with this, which yeah. has never been done before in a yeah. church that, um, in that denomination or at the church, it's a over a hundred years old church. And yeah. uh, so we're coming in and now we're, I mean, we, we homeschool our kids. So mm-hmm. we do that together. We do our business together, ministry, and it's all really flexible. Wow just the, the lifestyle that, you know, we've been kind of dreaming towards. And so we're wow. really excited for this, this season Man. that we're into. We're kind of still in transition, you know, uh-huh. uh, within we'll be moving next month, but um, it's just so exciting to see how God has used, you know, this, this small business that we started and, and mm-hmm. where he's brought us. Um, so we'd love to help other people, you know, to. That's awesome. Like you mentioned something, just going out and talking to people to get out to where your people are and having conversations. That's essentially what I would advise you to do is who do you feel called to serve? And let's say it's, you know, you feel like it's obviously maybe pastors is where, well, where are they online? Go out and get in front of them. Just start telling your story. Now, not all of them are going to be entrepreneurs like you guys and catch this vision. Some are still going to be working regular jobs and you're still going to be able to encourage them with your whole method message of being co-vocational. It's not, you work at the master store and you leave that behind and then you pastor, you could be pastoring at your mattress store job and just be a light there as well. And so it's not 
and or it's together, just learn how to put it all under under one. It's it's all ministry. But for yep. those that are more entrepreneurial, like I don't want to work at the mattress store, I don't want to work at McDonald's, I don't want to get a regular job, I want to do something different, be home with the family, then you guys will obviously have that option for them as well and can figure out what works for somebody. Maybe it's a one-on-one coaching thing. Maybe it's just plugging them into the things that you guys are already a part of and you're getting an affiliate and you become their guide because you understand what they're going through as a pastor. And so you could be the pastor's guide for legends, you know, and like, Hey, if you're in a legends, legends or other communities and you are a pastor, we will kind of help you through that. Um, there's so many ways it's just, it'll happen organically. It'll kind of, as you step out and find your people, the opportunities will present itself and you'll figure out what to do. Um, but I, I like to just get started. Story. That's been our story. I think the more we just share, we've just been, we've been faithful to share what God's doing mm-hmm. in the open source. And I think that's just how it, it works. Yeah. So it's, it totally is. does. Yeah, I, I totally. Let's jump on another call um, after this, um, you know, as soon as you want to and just talk through some of the practical things that I think you could be doing. Um, but I mean, it really just comes down to where are these people we feel called to serve? Where are they hanging out online and offline? And let's get in front of them. That could be Facebook groups. That could be, you know, pastor organizations and you know are there where are the pastor podcasts if i'm a pastor who am i listening to um to grow my church to learn how to run my church better um you know who are the gatekeepers in that audience and get on those podcasts get build those relationships and it's a little bit this is a little bit unique and so you'll have a, a there's probably not a lot of people, pastors out there talking about how to have a business. It's probably, I would imagine it's more like, you know, Hey, if you don't have enough money to get money from your, if your church is not supporting you, you need to need to go get a job. That's it. But to actually start a business, that's imagine that's, that's not a lot of content out there about that. Is that right? Yeah, no, that's not, there's not, I mean, it's hard because you don't want to, you don't want to sell on a negative, right? I mean, that's, we're, we're trying to help sort of re, we sort of think about that stuff and again, move yeah. from that bivocation, that real negative connotation. Yeah. We'll say goodnight real quick. Good night. All right. Say goodnight. Goodnight. <laughs> See you next week. See you next week. <laughs> All right. so. so yeah, moving from that, the negative connotation of bivocation, which has been there forever, mm-hmm. co-vocation and, and this real positive. And that's really, that's a lot of what we're needing to do is kind of repair some of those bridges and how yeah. are people talking about that word co-vocational? There's a lot to talk about that. Uh, it's getting there. I mean, okay. I, I, that is one marketplace pastor is another okay. one, but it's probably more in the context of getting a job, right? Yeah. It's very much okay. how to, how do I, you know, support my ministry. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with getting a job, but that's just not what was best for you guys. And there's other people in your boat that don't want to do that, that would rather have the life that you have. And so, yeah, it's not going to be ideal for everybody or you're going to resonate with everybody, but there's going to be a subset of the population. I mean, obviously if God's called you to do it. There's people out there that need to hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you don't need 5,000 pastors to, you just need to, you know, a few that you can really invest in. Um, and it could, I mean, you, you could have a literally, you could have a legend like group for pastors if you ever wanted to go that direction. And that could be a whole other stream of income for you guys. Um, hmm. This is cool. All right. Well guys, what other, I mean, I know we could chat about this topic forever. Um, but what's, uh, just give me, give some advice to those people that you feel called to serve. And even just folks in the, in the legends group here about that, um, 
you know, want to be where you are with 300 replens distributor that you're buying stuff from. Um, what's some of the thing, I mean, you said slow and steady, so that's key. What's some ad- advice for people who aren't, aren't where you are that were, are where you were like three years ago? Um, yeah, I would just say be consistent and um, sending in and just keep every single week, every, you know, um, being consistent, feeding the beast. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have anything? No, I think it's just, it's, you got to have, you got to have, get me nearsighted. You have to have a long-term view of it uh, because there'll be, there'll be weeks where it's not good. Right. And, and you'll have the seasons where it's like, oh man, it, everything's just selling like crazy. And Jesus is like, what the heck, Amazon, you know, like, <laughs> did I just disappear right. on the face of the earth? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just that consistency and, and seeing it, you know, and again, I think for us having sort of those targets that are tangible, right. Not just, not just a figure, but, but what does that figure mean? Right. Yeah. What does that figure uh, mean for your family or mean for your house? Like, or if you're a lifestyle, whatever that is, like, I think those are the things you got to have front and center um, just to remind you of like, Hey, this is my, this is why I'm doing this. That's good. That's good. Jana has a question says, do you all have a prep and ship? Do you all have help with prep and ship or do you use a prep company? Um, We have help. um, And I remember when we lived in our apartment, um, we, we, it was the first time we hired somebody to come in and she would just come work on the floor and on our little, you know, office slash everything else room. And, um, and then moving to where we are now with a little bit more space and able yeah. to hire, um, somebody, you know, for a little more hours and, you know, just yeah. that's, I, that's been one of the biggest, um, I think helps, uh, with being consistent because mm-hmm. you have someone coming in, um, that needs the hours and the paycheck. And so you're like, oh, yes, inventory. So, uh, uh-huh. it's really good motivation and also frees up your time to do other things. And, um, yeah, that's, that's been a big blessing. to have. I remember Kate talking about that. All the people that come into her house to prep and ship, and she said, I got to go shopping because I get, they have to have things to prep. So it got her out. I mean, not that she's missed motivation. It seems like all the time and has tons of energy, but um, she said it did help her to know that, Hey, I got people coming tomorrow. I got to get out there and shop and get all this stuff for them to actually prep. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. What else is on your heart guys? Any other advice? Anything is all, anything you want to share that we didn't talk about or wrap up? Um, yeah, I just, I just, again, whatever, for those, those that are people of faith that would say like this, you know, God has given me this business as a way to be a blessing. I mean, just allow him to give you dreams for that and visions for what that could be and the opportunities that could present. I mean, I think even, even if it wasn't for ministry, just the opportunity provides us to be generous and hire people. And we get to hire people that, you know, because of life circumstances or whatever, sometimes people that, you know, can't work in a, in a normal job because they've got kids they got to bring or whatever. Um, just, just think of, you know, like the, the opportunities that it presents for you to be generous or to, to do whatever it is that God's called you to do, because I mean, there's just, there's limitless opportunities out there. Love it. uh, it's, it's amazing what God can do, uh, you know, with, with, with this type of stuff when you're just stepping out in faith. Yep. Love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for doing this. It's been fun for me to get to know you a little bit better get to know your heart. And I'm serious. Let's get on a call and chat more strategy stuff, things that you can be doing. We'll just have a brainstorm session and figure out what seems to stick, what resonates with what's already in your heart. And maybe give you some clarity on how to move forward and start putting some feet to these ideas that you have. So I love it. Let's do it. Sweet. 
Thank awesome. you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great evening. And uh, we'll, we'll see everybody in the group. Thanks for watching. See y'all. Have a good night. Bye. You've been listening to Streams of Income with self-help author Ryan Rieger. From right here in the Dallas Metroplex, Ryan teaches several entrepreneurial courses and group coaching programs to students all over the world. Be sure to listen next week at the same time for Streams of Income with Ryan Rieger.